Hey, what's going on? Nick Kirby here, and welcome to Chatterbox Reds, proudly sponsored by DSC Commodities. Coming up in just a minute, myself, Trace Fowler, and special guest Chuck Walter talk to all things Reds on the latest episode of Chatterbox Reds live on YouTube on Thursday night. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about our proud sponsor, Deep South Commodities. DSC is a leader in renewable commodities for biofuel production, specializing in used cooking oil collection, aggregation, and sales. Visit www.deepsouthcommodities.com for more information. Thanks so much to our friends at DSC. As you will hear on today's conversation, this was our last planned live show of 2023 and uh, new conversations that you will hear in your podcast feed. Of course, if big news does break, we will still try to get live on YouTube ASAP and then get a podcast version of that up for you. We will have another one of those interviews from Reds Fest up next Tuesday right after Christmas, Uh, so look out for that on YouTube and in your podcast feed. We will look to come back with a new live show on YouTube the first week of January sometime. Uh, Thanks so much to everyone, sincerely, who has supported Chatterbox Reds in 2023. You really, truly helped this show grow uh, more than we could have ever hoped uh, this quickly. And uh, we got big plans coming in 2024, even more content you're coming your way, so make sure you stay tuned. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas. All right, now here is myself, Trace Fowler, and Chuck Walter, kind of putting a little bit of a bow on the 2023 year for your Cincinnati Reds. Well, 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 welcome into the final edition of Chatterbox Reds in 2023. We do have a guest because this is the season of giving and we're going to give the airwaves to our none other friend, Charlie Walter, here in a minute. We have Nick Kirby as always. Men, I just got back. I was rushing to get back from a a grueling 7U basketball game where your host was the coach. And I got to be honest, we took one for the team. Uh, we took one for the team. We, we allowed all the kids on the other team to have a very good holiday season because we got absolutely pounded. And when I tell you I just sat there on the bench helpless, that's how I feel. Uh, like probably David Bell does at, at times, perhaps, when he looks at his lineup card uh, on a Sunday in Oakland. But I digress. Uh, Nick, Charlie, uh, I hope you're doing well. The holiday season's treating you just fine. You both come from areas that uh, that really uh, the winter wonderland. You would like to think would be right around the corner. So, how are you guys doing? I'll start us off, Kirby, as the guest. I'll just uh, I'll introduce myself. It's good to see you guys. Seven U Trace. You're sitting on the bench. There's not much you can do there. Seven U. You can't change your defenses, right? You can't do anything. You can't press. I, I know that. So no, can't just press. straight up man to man. Maybe you could have thrown a two three at him, and you know, nope, can't play zone. The, uh, uh, you can't play zone. So yeah, there's nothing you can do there. You just sit there and let the other team score, as you have less talent. Um, my evening was worse than yours. I promise you that. Was driving home from work. Actually, hit something. On the highway, 355 in Chicago, very cold. Weaving in your uh, little segue there. Popped a tire on the spot, had to get towed to the uh, to the tire shop. Will say, though, it took me out $400, but it only took 45 minutes. I made the show in time. This happened like two hours ago, and here I am, ready to talk some Reds. Kirby. Wow. Uh, I've just been doing laundry. Uh, not, <laughs> not nearly as exciting as you guys, but uh, excited to be here nonetheless. 
<laughs> well, uh, there's two things that come to mind here. I, I know we're going to get into some serious, serious baseball talk in just a moment here, but uh, one thing I want to get out of the way first is obviously Charlie's with us. If you don't know Charlie, he probably doesn't need an introduction, but if you don't know Charlie, uh, you know, you probably may have even seen him back in the day on, I don't know, I guess it was Fox Sports Ohio. I'm not sure what the actual channel was at that point. I don't think they switched to Bally at the time, but he was doing some uh, some Reds uh, pregame and postgame there, some Reds live, I think is what they still called it. Um, and anyways, he, he hosted that for quite some time, went out to San Francisco, uh, got tired of living in the beautiful weather there. So he moved to Chicago and now he's surrounded by a bunch of Cubs fans. Maybe they're White Sox fans. Who knows? But nonetheless, he, uh, he reached out, said, you know what? I love the Reds. I love, I love the Bearcats. And, uh, and he's, he's got another guy named Houdini, uh, who's also a funny cat. They do the chatter, uh, and have a podcast on our platform. Uh, and you can check it out for yourself oh. with uh, Chuck and Houdini, the chatter. Oh, Trace. look at that! And that everyone isn't all me. That let me tell you something. You're gonna give me credit. No, no, I don't no, need no, credit. No, no, no. Forget that. Everyone makes me plural. That was Charlie Walters. Come on now. There's no S in the last name. It's Walter. <laughs> it's just me. I'm singular. I. You're just singular on singular. Who knew? Uh, anyways, point being is uh, that that I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not getting the bus ran over on me on that one. I'm telling you that is that is Nick. He's running the graphics. That's all him. Oh, there it is. It got fixed just like that. Uh, anyway, they have the chatter. Check it out. They also have Chatterbox Bearcats. They go live after every single game, and I'm sure it's been thralling because they've only had two really what we would call big games a season. But we won't really get into that because it's Reds baseball, and I think that's a little more uh, a little more fun to talk about. But I just rambled for quite some time to get to the point. That is, we need a new intro. We will have that. We will have that when Nick's full-time for about two weeks, I think. He's going to have to be the engine that, that, that kind of gets us over the hump. Um, but I, lo- uh, I love that intro, man. I love that intro. I've never heard it with the headsets on, ready to go on, not post-game. I'm sure it's a lot more electric post-game as Trace is getting ready to shotgun a Miller Lite. But I mean, just hearing that it gets me excited in the in the dead middle of winter. A, but B, the the calls. Tom had some big big calls. But I instead of the uh, seven home runs in his first you know whatever games first was, ten first the, ten games. I want the you know what I'm gonna say. I want the RS. I want that call. Dig that out of the archives, Nick. Put that in there because that was uh, that was electric. Well, Trace's like first words he ever says to me is, "You better not like Aquino," and I do like Aquino, so I couldn't put it in there. I was I was afraid. I was afraid of <laughs> Coach Fowler. Oh, now it's going to be Trace the bully. He's making Nick not not show it. Anyways, all right, Nick. Twenty twenty three season recap. Obviously, uh, Chuck, jump in as much as you would like here. We we ultimately are going to lean on Nick to run this show because when he sent me the text, I thought, you know what. It is the last show of the year. We got people asking us to do a show. But I got to be honest, for a guy like me, I'm sitting back. I'm looking at all these rumors. I just, I'm trying to get in the Christmas spirit here. I can't get excited about anything because everybody has something about everybody. This is There's so much fluff out there in the world that is the, the MLB trade rumors. I just, I don't know who to believe, and I, I'm not going to believe anything until I see it. So until I see something actually happen, I'm not going to get excited. Maybe you're saying that's not fun, but, uh, but I mean, I, I guess, do you want to talk me off that ledge, Nick, or are you going to say that's the, that's the right approach? No, it's been miserable trying to follow anything. And I, I have a theory. I have a theory. Uh, so X.com, it pays people uh, to that are, you know, uh, you sign up for the, uh, what do you call it? The premium, the premium. 
and they get paid per the engagement. So I think that these national writers are fluffing some of these stories up, throwing a little extra out there because they want to get the engagements up. And I think that's making it a little bit more miserable. It almost feels like a political season, like trying to follow the off season. Chuck, have, have, have you seen anything that's actually got you excited? Are you the excited guy or are you the one that just like doesn't care about any of it? I've seen a bunch of hypotheticals. I mean, I, I was telling you in the, the pre-show, I think I've seen five different players from the Blue Jays potentially projected in a Jonathan India trade. I'm looking at Tim Meza. Never heard of him. Maybe Maeza. Uh 69 relief appearances in 2023 nice. and a 1.52 ERA. Lefty. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, not fond of of trading India. I think you could potentially pencil in an outfield position. But um, in terms of the offseason rumors, I'm just expecting Dylan Cease to be a red. I'm expecting Mesa to be a red. I'm expecting Alec Manoa to be a red. I'm expecting, I mean, the list goes on and on. Of people Valdez, that he just came be, up. Yes. Yeah, that could be potential Cincinnati reds. But um, Cease is one that I'm keeping an eye on. That would intrigue me. I'm afraid that it could be a potential, you know, Ubaldo Jimenez situation when Cleveland made the trade for him and it was immediately downhill from there because uh, Cease's trajectory is is down. You know, he doubled his earned run average in, in less innings last year. Um, doubled his earned runs, I should say. So I don't know how that much, how that would excite me with some of the prospects that were thrown around in that deal. Rhett Louder and uh, it was Louder and who was the other one that was mentioned? It was uh, Chase Petty in that deal. So I... Yeah, there's nothing right now that, that seems like a slam dunk for Cincy, but that's definitely the one that's intriguing to me. But obviously, the offseason for, for 2023 has been a dud, okay? It's been a dud. Outside of outside of uh, Shohei Otani taking the world's most ridiculous contract, nothing else really has uh, has really has really happened. I mean, I, I, I know... Don't get on me, everybody. I get the Reds have made some moves. I'm not trying to downplay those moves. They might be awesome moves, great moves. But there really hasn't been a lot of big, big hitters coming our way yet. I would expect that to happen in the next few weeks. Um, but where do we start this show, Nick? Yeah, I mean, I think for the Red, from the Reds' perspective, I mean, I feel like the Reds have done a lot more than than most teams at, at this point. So if you think it's it's boring as a Reds fan, you know. Uh, Imagine be the Cubs. Have they spent a dollar? Yeah, you beat me. Yeah, I don't think they have. Um, and so it's, there's also this weird, the whole, uh, you know, Bally thing in the RSN is also kind of creating a cloud. It sounds like some teams are trying to cut payroll. Some teams are kind of not sure what they're wanting to do. Uh, so, so that, that's kind of part of this. I expect the Reds still to do something else. I, I don't know how, how much more they're, uh, they're going to do, but, um, yeah, I mean, these guys aren't going to want to get to the end of January and, and not have a deal, you know, especially the ones that have more leverage uh, from the player side. Like, the, like they want to be able to figure out, are they going to Florida? Are they going to Arizona? You know, they want to start getting their house. Um, they want to kind of know what's going on. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's you're running out of time. I mean, I was just thinking the other day, we're like two months and four days away from spring training games, as uh, as wild as that is. Uh, it, it, comes, it comes quick throughout the offseason. So it was 2020, right, when the Reds spent all that money. It was um, it was right before the COVID year when they added in Shogo Akiyama and Mike Moustakis and Pedro Strope. And Castellanos ended up being a really bright spot um, with, with three guys that didn't really help the team at all. Um, really, 
through last year with Moustakas's contract. But um, since then, I would say definitely the biggest offseason. Before then, it would have been the biggest offseason, you know, for a decade before that or whatever. So it's been quiet, but you add in a bat like Jamer Candelario. And I mean, he's he's big time bat. What, 20 something home runs, 70 RBI last year, a, a plus 800 OPS. Um, I mean, he could play, no doubt about it. He can hit. You add him to an already crowded infield, you allow potentially steer slash India slash maybe both to to definitely steer to left field, maybe India to, to right field. You you have some options to where you can mix things up, but it still seems like something is going to have to be done because there's the log jam in the infield with Nicodolo not I mean, I don't know about you guys. I'm not counting on anything from Nicodolo this year. So you have to fill that spot in the rotation where the Reds need a two or three that can be reliable. They still need Hunter Green to step up and be a consistent one. Um, they, they need Abbott to replicate what he did last year or be even better. So they need a lot of things to, to really be a uh, complete team this year. But I'd say trending in the right direction. They're spending some money this offseason, and they got players that can help you. Um, that's the only thing you can do, right? One, one step at a time. Move, move, move up. Yeah, you bring up something that we've talked about obviously at length um, before in regards to what it, what it, what is the next step for many of these guys that are fringe prospects, um, borderline big leaguers, right? We've we've seen them play relatively well at the big league level, and then we've also seen at times them look like look like rookies and prospects. Will Benson's a wild card, you know. I mean, he he really is that guy. I, I, he's as likable as they come. You know, I will I will say that, and I think that he's got the opportunity to be one of the most beloved Reds within the next four to five years if he plays well because of just his personality and also the style of play. I think a style of play he lends itself to being exciting. But if you told me right now that that guy would be an all-star next year, I wouldn't put up a significant amount of money to bet against it. But if you told me he was, out of the, he was completely out of the big leagues and he was never going to get back to the big leagues ever again, I wouldn't put a sizable amount on that either. I, 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 he's one of the few guys where I just don't have a hard stance on. Uh, but there are a decent number of those guys, to your point, Chuck. And I, I guess now the question becomes, what do the Reds actually believe behind closed doors? And I think that, I think that they did with the uh, Candelario uh, move for sure is build a little bit of depth on that infield just because they're expecting maybe one of those guys to regress. And as you've Nick's going to say it before I might get done talking is that someone's probably going to get hurt or there'll be injuries and that will ultimately lead to depth issues and we'll try to go from there. But um, anything else to add here, Nick, from uh, from I guess the season as it as it was and then before I guess we'll transition to kind of what we have left for the offseason questions that we may have about this team thoughts, things of that nature. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, the, the, there's still a lot of offseason left. If you think back to, like, like Charlie was talking about, the, the big offseason, Mustakos was signed on December 2nd. Wade Miley was December 16th. Shogo Wakayama was January 6th. And uh, Nick Castellanos was January um, 27th. So, um, you know, I mean, half of the, the red signings that offseason was – after the new year. So I, I I'm curious to see if there's maybe um, a starting pitcher that, that is the, the Nick Castellanos version uh, this, this off season that maybe falls to the reds. Uh, like I think, I think Nick Castellanos signs with the reds at the end of January, because 
he kind of had, had felt through everything and, and the Reds were the best offer, but the Reds weren't going to overextend to get him. I wonder if maybe there'll be a, a starting pitcher that kind of fits that, that mold. What about uh, Marcus Stroman? Is that a name that you would be intrigued by? Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially since he's probably looking for a shorter term deal. The 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 weird thing is that we haven't heard any traction at all about Stroman, where we heard so much about all these other guys. I I just wonder if that's maybe a situation where Marcus Stroman, um, he, he's he's younger than a lot of these other free agents, and he's he's clearly looking for a short term deal to reestablish his value. And I just wonder if he really has that much interest in the Reds pitching a great American ballpark. A ballpark I don't think he's pitched all that well in over his career to kind of reestablish his value. But from the Reds' perspective, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd jump on that as soon as you could. But I just I don't know if, if the Reds would be a realistic player without going so far overboard to try to get him. Yeah, one point I want to make, too, is I think that everybody was sitting around and thinking that that, that – uh, Otani was going to, not that he was going to set the market, but he was going to kind of get the ball rolling when it came to some of these free agent signings. And they, and I don't say everybody was waiting on that deal to get done, but there was a, there was, there was some big spenders, right? That were all trying to, to, to land that big fish. And when they weren't able to do it, then it leaves them with money to spend. So your Cody Bellinger's for instance, like they're not going to sign anywhere until that deal gets done because they're they're inevitably thinking that they're going to reap the benefits of another team maybe stretching stretching themselves a little bit more than they would have prior to thinking they were going to or not going to get Otani. Um, and I, I guess my point to that is, is that I think we're at a situation now where my guess is there's franchises that obviously missed out on Otani that were, were hoping to get him, and there was a short list. Yes, we, we know who they are. But I also think these franchises are like, well, that's Otani. You know, you're Cody Bellinger. Like, this isn't, there, there's not a market to be set here. This is a one-off type guy. Um, so I I think as soon as the dam breaks, though, it's going to start moving. Like, it, 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 if you get my point. Like, as soon as we start to get into these higher-end level free agents, I think that the, I think that you're going to see some moves be made relatively quickly because... It's just like labor negotiations, unfortunately. Um, when you know that you have time to negotiate in the back of your mind, you always act like you have leverage, you have leverage, and then all of a sudden you, everybody waits to the very last moment, and then they, everybody realizes, wait, maybe I don't have the leverage I thought I had. Let's hurry up and try to get a deal done. Um, hopefully that explains where I think that this whole offseason has gone for people that are like, well, it's been boring I think it's been boring because of circumstances, not because teams aren't trying to make moves. I think you got two sides trying to negotiate deals, and unfortunately, we're going to be waiting a while. Stroman's a guy that, um, if he didn't play for the Cubs, I would have probably been way more excited, and especially the way that he ended the season. I and I know I shouldn't feel that way; it shouldn't it shouldn't matter at all. But my 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 fandom gets in the way sometimes of that. He was getting ready for a, a nice payday before he got hurt. I mean, first yes. half of the season, he was as good as anyone in baseball. And then uh, second half wasn't good before he got hurt. Probably had something to do with him being hurt. I think it was uh, maybe blisters for a minute there. And um, yeah, man, I uh, I don't know if the Reds would be serious players for him. He, he obviously is a big personality. You got to have the, the guys in the locker room to 
to, you know, fit in with them. I mean, that's such a big thing, especially with a team like the Reds where all these guys seemingly came up together. There's a lot of team chemistry. Um, I mean, Stroman's Stroman's as outspoken as anyone in baseball, you know, he'll go out there and uh, tell it how it is. So, yeah, I, I is it? I don't even want to say it because I think some people will get upset by say, my, by me saying is that I don't think the Reds are in a position where they have to stretch themselves either. Like, you know, and, and I, I get people are going to want to kick my teeth in when I say that. It's just like, oh, I'm not even trying to plead the next year thing. I'm just trying to say, realistically speaking, you know, I don't think that anybody, and when I say anybody, I mean anybody. that You could, you could Nick Crawl, and I'm not trying to say Nick Crawl doesn't know what he's doing. Nobody knows what this team has. Nobody knows. We don't have it, uh, hardly anybody that you could sit there and say, I know for damn sure I'm getting X out of this player. I'll tell you one guy I think you're getting X out of, and it's a, it's a positive X. I think TJ Friedel's pretty consistent, man. I mean, even throughout his minor league career, uh, his days playing at Nevada, like, he's always been a damn good baseball player. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know what you're going to get from Ellie. I don't know what you're going to get full-time from Encarnacion Strand and uh, – and um, Noel V, I think uh, McLean at this point has shown that he's going to be a pretty consistent baseball player for a long time. But I think TJ Friedel, it's center field, maybe in that leadoff position. He's is he's a steady hand. He's a nice guy to uh, to build around that you're not you know paying that much money that that no one looks as like the catalyst of the Reds. But he's a nice player, man. Hey, someone they always say on this show where that we're, that we're uh, not that we're too optimist. I don't think that that's um, some people say that, but. Overall opinion of this show, I would like to think that we're somewhat level-headed. Quick, quick, quick uh, pessimistic viewpoint, though. Not that we want to do this all the time, but I'll just do something really fast. One player that you think will, you think is most likely to regress. I have one specifically in mind. I'll let you guys go first. I'm going to say mine no matter what, but uh, hopefully you don't take mine. Go ahead, Nick. Spencer's tier. Charlie. I'll, I'll double down for my. I gotta call you Um, the the, the, the lower third is just throwing me off man what are you doing Kirby my mom calls me Charlie Um, anyways (laughs) I would go I was thinking Spencer Steer but now I gotta go with someone else I would say the most likely scenario would be Benson as Trace mentioned like I love the guys that have the the talent and that's why they were, you know, first, second round picks and were um, big time prospects in their day. They don't figure it out the first couple of years. And then all of a sudden they're, they're that ripe age of 25, 26 when players start to come into their own and they, they have a season. I feel like it can go one of, you know, one of two ways. So Benson was great last year. Um, I would not be stunned if, you know, he, he played in nine, 10 games this season and we didn't hear much of Will Benson. But at the same time, like Trace said, he's got the tools and the talent to be an all-star. But with what he did last year, I would say, aside from Steer, who was going to be my pick, that would probably be the most likely one. I'm thinking pitchers, unless we went into the relievers. I, I would probably say Steer slash Benson. Mine is going to be Alexis Diaz. Um, yeah, I think Alexis Diaz is, is the biggest worry that I have. And I really hope that the Reds find themselves in a position where they can get one more solid reliever. Uh, what that will take, I don't know. But it just scares me. And the reason it scares me is because he's such a big, he's such a big chase rate guy. Like, like if guys just stop swinging, 
And I know me and Nick sometimes when we're doing these live streams, it's like, ah, this guy's throwing like 99 to 102 with a nasty hook, and he throws a ball like every three pitches. So let's maybe see if he just walk you instead of swinging. And sure enough, these guys can't lay off of it, and they swing at three balls inevitably over the course of their at-bat and strike out. I feel like that's what Diaz is. And, and, and I'm not saying that he can't figure it out and make throw more strikes, but that's my biggest concern I have. But anyway, what are you going to do? Um, any more moves, Nick? Do you feel like there's any more moves? Um, you want to put an over-under on it? There's definitely going to be at least one more move, right? That's a fact. It's a matter of when. Yeah, I mean, I would say there's probably two still major league players, the red sign. Um, I'm looking at like a, a, one of the big boards. and There's still 19 of the top 30 free agents still on the board. So kind of what you were saying earlier, Trace, once there's a little bit, once there's maybe three or four of these that go off in off the board in a couple days, and then maybe teams start feeling a little bit more pressure, it might really all kind of ramp up at once. But, you know, I, a guy that I see sitting there, um, you know, Jordan Montgomery, I wonder if maybe he's not getting the deal that I didn't think that when the offseason started, the Reds would have a chance at him. But I wonder if maybe he's not getting as much money as he wants you know, maybe maybe people, maybe teams are like eh, he he was the best case scenario, and they're kind of you know um, pulling back a little bit. I wonder if maybe he could come back to the Reds. Maybe some more realistic targets still, like Lucas Giolito still on the board. Um, you know, he's a perfect bounce back buy low candidate. I'm all about the buy low guys. Right. And then one guy that's really low on on most lists. He's has a had a ton of injuries, but. He he has some really good like peripheral numbers that I, I kind of like. You might be able to get him. He's he's a veteran guy, James Paxton. Um, okay. You know I, I I'm not not a lot of money, but if if you know he could be a guy that that you maybe add in and and yeah he's he's injury prone, but so what? I mean, if he spends half the year on the IL and he gives you a couple starts here and there and he helps helps fill out your rotation and give you those extra starts that we think the Reds are going to need. Um, as they have a lot of other younger pitchers, uh, a lot of guys that are optionable, he could be a guy that maybe would make sense for the Reds. I like Montgomery, man. I like Montgomery. Paxton, yeah, if you could if you could squeeze him in there somehow, have three or four better pitchers than Paxton and squeeze him in there as your your four or five, and then, you know, maybe platoon him with Martinez when Martinez gets some starts when inevitably Paxton does get hurt because like you mentioned um, he can be frail from time to time but yeah I thought he had a nice little bounce back season last year he was on the um, the dingers and deadlifts uh, paying homage to the once great manager Gabe Kapler um, my fantasy team last year he was he was up and down all year um, as was Martinez but Paxton yeah he had some it's some pretty decent games last year I wouldn't hate it Based off uh, mannerisms, Chuck, it, it appears that you are not a fan of Giolito. No, no. I, um, I watched a few of his games once he got traded to the Angels just to see how that deal went down. And the Angels got, oh, they got fleeced by the White Sox. Because they get Giolito, they lose like 10 straight games. So they're already out of it You know, by the time they have a second to breathe after that trade. And they gave up Kai Bush, who's an unreal left-hander, and then Edgar Cairo, Cairo, I think, who was their top catching prospect. And they traded those two guys for a rental of Giolito and then sent them to the waivers. I mean, whoever is, whoever's with the, uh, the Angels making those decisions, Kirby, you probably know that name off the top of your head. Uh, you shouldn't know his name because he stinks. He stinks at his job. That was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Carry on. 
I'm pretty sure they cleaned house at the end of the year. I don't know. I haven't yeah, kept up on the Angels, but but that that's got to be one of the worst <laughs> trades in the history. No, we were very anti Giolito at the trade deadline, yeah, um, and we were we were dead right on that one. We'll take credit for that. But I I don't when you're not giving up prospects and you're just talking bringing a guy on a one year ten million dollar deal that's just money. You know, it's it's just you know you're throwing away. You're yeah. taking a shot at a guy that that you know has definitely has the potential you know if you if you look at some of his peripheral numbers last year he probably should have been closer to an average pitcher than a god-awful pitcher like he was um so i don't know i i wouldn't you know he does strike out a lot of guys you know but yeah you know who i'd like that hasn't really had a great career and he's not that young anymore he's now um he's not 27 but um him and hunter green if, if this guy figured it out if they we're one, two at the top of the rotation. You'd get some absolute gas. White Sox. You know who I'm talking about? Michael Kopech. Um, he's he's yeah. always been intriguing. Yeah. He may, I mean, he may just be not great. Um, had some issues when he was in the minor leagues, you know, with um, with some temper tantrums, things like that. Um, but, I mean, he, he had a couple good years. 21-22, 3-5 ERA. Big-time strikeout pitcher. Brings up the gas. You know, you get him and... Him and Hunter Green on the same page, a little one-two, uh, a little number one, I should say, a, a tandem of number ones, um, throwing the old fastball. I wouldn't hate it, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, who do you even trade to get him? Are they willing to deal him? Um, does the chat like him? Because that's obviously crucial. If the chat doesn't like him, we're out. We're out on Kopech. But um, well, I saw him a lot back in the day. He's got some good stuff. Well, Chuck, it's funny. Uh, our guy Reds in four is a huge Kopech guy. And, and is always one of the Reds that and he, he's he's our pitching guru around here. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I again, if you can get you know these guys at a you know low price, you know why not? I I'm very much in favor of the Reds getting as much pitching as they can, sorting it out in spring training. Your entire pitching staff starters have options. If you have to send a good pitcher down to Triple A for a couple weeks until someone gets hurt, that's what good teams do. That's what the Los Angeles Dodgers do. They send pitchers that are big league caliber pitchers to spring to to Triple A in April and May, and then when they have an injury, they're calling them up. They're not calling up guys that have no business making starts in the big leagues. I think you need eight, maybe nine starters to get through a year. Uh, maybe sometimes even more. The Dodgers needed like thirteen last year. Well, I think that you guys are kind of forgetting something important, and that is that the Angels, they uh, they won the trade deadline last year, and they got a A grade. So I'll read it for those that might not have gotten the chance to read this beautiful uh, article written by CBSSports.com last year. But it says, once the Angels decided to keep Shohei Otani, they went into buy mode. That approach netted them Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, CJ Crone, Randall, who the hell knows, Dominic Leone. The Angels' capacity to upscale was limited by a weak farm system, but we think they did about as well as they could have reasonably expected as patching over some holes on their roster. If and when Otani leaves, they'll need to reset anyway, so why not take their chance? Grade A. Now that is big league. Is that our Randall that you're talking about? Is that Grishuk? Um, if you're asking me to out the guy that wrote that, um, I am. I, I don't know if I should do that. Um, <laughs> no, he's asking you the, pl the player. Yeah, Grishuk. Yes, yeah, sorry. 
I thought you said, I didn't hear what you said. I thought you were asking me who wrote the damn thing. Oh, no, you're good. We should out him, though, on the air, though, because that's uh, that's deserving uh, of being ridiculed. That's deserving of being ridiculed. Do I pulled it up. Should we out, out the guy? Sure, go ahead. What's his name? Shout out R.J. Anderson. You know who you're never, an you know idiot, who, R.J., you're an idiot. All right, go ahead. Do you know who never gets a good grade at the deadline is the teams that stand pat. And it's the teams that stand pat because they're a lot better grade than whatever the hell the Angels got. I thought the Reds got an A last year. I mean, they could have gone out there and, and gotten aggressive and, and thought, you know, maybe we can make some moves this year. But um, I think all the uh, all the real Reds fans kind of saw the writing on the wall that the team was playing out of their mind. You know, best case scenario, they sneak into a wild card. And granted, you know, you could go Phillies mode. You can you can win a World Series out of the wild card. Who's to say you can't? But um, the Reds staying pat, keeping the prospects, and now entering this year with um, – decisions to make and good decisions you know trading guys that you have a plethora of at certain positions for guys that you may need that's the old good problem to have and crawl will figure it out uh let's get crawled boys let's get uh crawled this holiday season as long as it's not mike minor oh god that was that was bad what was worse mike minor as drupal cabrera <laughs> As Drupal Cabrera, because Mike Miner meant nothing because the Reds lost 100 games that year and he was a warm body. <laughs> As Drupal Cabrera was legitimately trying to help the Reds get into the playoffs that year. He was like, oh, for what? Oh, for 36 to start? I mean, God, that's a curtain call after your first hit at Great American Ballpark in front of about 6K. Good Lord. Uh, he was a nice little player, too, but um, his Reds career. It'll go down there with the the likes of um, was Junior Spivey a red for a minute? Maybe like Junior Spivey and Quentin McCracken. I mean, not uh not not great to say the least. All right, Nick. Anything else to add before we uh, inevitably get into the knee deep questions that will be? Yeah, uh, Charlie. What was your? Uh, I, I we were kind of talking earlier today. Uh, uh, some ideas for the show tonight. What was your favorite favorite memory of? of 2023 maybe your favorite game moment something that stands out to you it was the uh it was just the the transition of trust you know it was just the 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 sell the team bob talk going into the the ellie de la cruz mania and the three-headed monster coming up and then bringing up Marte. like it was the first time in a couple of years you know because i think we all saw it in 2020 that we thought there was a core there um, before, you know, a lot of them were traded and it didn't end up, you know, in, in hindsight, it, it was not the core whatsoever. It would have been a, an awful mistake had they kept them and they made some great trades, but it felt like, you know, this thing's turning, the tide's turning. And there's really no way that ownership can screw this thing up. I mean, you get three guys coming up at once that you see stardom in all three of them, um, and, and great flashes. And then you look at your, your potential ACE. It's Hunter Green who's going out there, seven innings, 14 strikeouts, one run baseball on three hits. Granted, he's not doing it a ton, but when you see someone do that, you know that he has superstar potential. And it went from, you know, the, these days are dark, and Kirby was one of the few out there. I mean, everyone was wearing the paper bags on their head. Sell the team, Bob. They had the little Congo line before the season of about nine people down there saying sell the team. And Kirby said, not so fast, guys. Get your licks in now. I'm pretty sure this is a direct quote. Get your licks in now because the Cincinnati Reds are coming for you, folks. And they came. They came. 
Um, Jesus, they came. They it came, was, everyone. Was at, the Reds came. That, that, that was at <laughs> Reed Mouse. <laughs> that quote was at Reed Mouse. <laughs> that it was. I remember it well, uh, right before opening day. And uh, listen, uh, you can't win sometimes because there's going to be a certain a certain uh, group of fans that are somewhat right that you know they won 82 games. Are we supposed to sit here and act like they won the World Series? I don't know. But for a team that was supposed to win sixty-four and a half, uh, to win eighty to win eighty-two is, is 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 is, is a you're obviously you obviously don't want to look at anything objectively if you don't think that last year was a was a major success. Um, so we'll see if they can't continue to capitalize on it. And I will say before we move on here to chat questions, I think it's just as likely that this team wins seventy. Three games as they do to win ninety five, or not even ninety five. I'd say I'd say ninety. I think so much of what happens in the Reds in twenty twenty four is what happens with the rest of the division, because I I feel like if the division's competitive, it's going to be a lot harder to win. But if you there's a lot of teams kind of like the Reds that could really your season could go multiple different ways. Um, how good are the Pirates next year? I. I've said I think that team is is sneaky good. Oh, um, the Pirates stink, and they have stunk my entire life. I came out of the womb with the Pirates sucking, and they've sucked almost every year since. But um, I mean, hey, the Cardinals are at the very bottom, so you may be right there. Maybe the tides are turning. Here come the Reds and the Buccos. I, I would not be shocked if it's the Reds and the Pirates fighting for the division. But it also depends. Like, what are the Brewers doing? Uh, there was an article today. I think it was in the Athletic talking about the Brewers. And it, they're all the writing on the walls and the Brewers are going to go into sell mode. Are they going to go into sell mode before this offseason's over? Are they going to go into sell mode in the middle of the season? Or are they, are they going to ride out the whole whole 2024 season? But they're going to sell because all their players are at the uh, the end. All their good players like Corbin Burns um, and Freddie Peralta and Willie Adamas are at the back end of their arbitration. They're starting to cost more. And the Brewers, they, they've never paid enough to be able to retain all those guys. So if they sell, I mean, that that completely changes the division in some ways for the Reds. So I think it, it's as much about the rest of the teams as it is about the Reds. I want to apologize to uh, Gritchick's family, by the way. I didn't know that. I mean, this guy, this guy's played in the big leagues for, I don't know, almost almost nine years now. Looks like ten. So he'll and get Randy's a pay. Had a, he'll get a pension. had a nice stretch. Yeah, he's had a nice stretch. Yeah, I mean, nice is a nice word to use too. I mean, he's he's been he's he's going to get a pension maybe from the MLB. So that's that. I mean, that that's winning if you want to call it that. Former first round pick, uh, over twenty home runs uh, four times, over thirty home runs once. I mean, hey, that's a played for the USA national career. team too. Yeah, Sixteen, one hundred ninety one. 191 home runs. That's a heck of a career, Trace. I'll take that. Any well, that, day of the hey, day. that's a damn good career. I'm not downplaying that. The the funny thing about Gritchick is you might remember at that that waiver deadline thing that came up, or teams trying to claim everyone. Gritchick yep. was one of those names out there with with Bader and Renfro, and Gritchick went unclaimed. And what does Gritchick do? He actually had like a, a 800 OPS in September and actually played pretty well down the stretch for the Angels. Uh, just no one claimed him though. He, he went completely unclaimed, and the other guys did, and the other guys didn't pan out. It's just why it's just pressure wasn't on though. The pressure wasn't on, Nick. The pressure wasn't on. It's easy to sit out. In, it's it's easy to yeah. sit out in L.A. and and play well when you got nothing to lose. 
Um, not trying to defend, not trying to defend uh, Bader or anyone like that. But you know, you, you go to a new city, looked, there's expectations a little different. I looked up a uh, an AI to to see who the uh, the Reds were going to start this year. It's oh, yeah? uh, Encarnacion, Strand, it's McLean, it's Ellie De La Cruz, it's Marte, it's Spencer Steer, Steer, it's Friedel, it's Tyler Stevenson, it's Jake Fraley, and at the uh, designated hitter position, it's Randall Grishik. So there we go, baby, Randall. Who knows? How many of those guys are there in Major League Baseball? That just How many Randall Grichiks? Yeah, I mean, it's just. I, I, I got to be honest. I, I only it's bring only that one. up. I only, only one. There may only one. be one Randall I only Grichik bring that up because my brain thinks to myself, this guy might hit 200, 200 home runs in the in Major League Baseball, and and I don't care what anybody says, and you might think that I'm crazy. But if Chuck and Nick were at the grocery store standing next to each other trying to find some popcorn and this guy walked up and he was looking for some popcorn, they would just help him get some popcorn. They would have no idea that who he was. Now, no, you- I'd, I'd, tap, I'd tap on Kirby and I'd say, hey, look, it's Ryan Braun. That's what I would say <laughs> after looking at Randall Grishik. I think that guy played for the Rockies. <laughs> that goes for a Is lot of people. Ryan Braun? Yeah. No. Anyways. All right. Um, anything else to get to, Nick? You're the you're the you're the uh, you're the man here, man of the hour. Trace, you got a you got a favorite memory from last season? Um, I mean, there's a few that popped to mind immediately, and one of them I'm not proud about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not proud about the car the the, the Ricky Carter outing. Listen, that's the one that pops to my mind every time I think about it because that that was the catapult. That that is uh that is what like. You started to th- you started to believe. I start I started to believe that there was destiny. I'm watching Kirk Casale look like a damn hockey goalie out there. I mean, he's all over the place. You couldn't possibly be a major league pitcher and not have a clue in the world where the baseball was going more than Ricky Karcher did out in Colorado. Like it, it is 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 literally impossible. So I mean. From that one game alone, Ricky Karcher is more of a household name to Reds fans than like Ryan Ludwig, Lance Nix, guys that, you know, like legit had a role for a minute with the Reds. And Ricky Karcher, I mean, there are probably some Ricky Karcher jerseys out there. I don't think there are any Lance Nix or Ryan Ludwigs. Yeah, that was um, a, uh, that's just one of those games you're just never, you'll never forget. Like, <laughs> You could ten years from now, I think if if you're talking to a Reds fan, you remember the Ricky Karcher game, they'll probably remember it. Probably. I listen, it's gotta be the Braves game. I mean, that's probably the one that I would say, hey, that's that's an all timer, man. I mean, I that the the uh the emotion swings that were that that were in that game. Uh, I mean, people talk about that game and they more they they'll obviously bring up Ellie, but like people forget Joey Votto. That was a huge home run. And I don't I'm not saying people forgot about it, but in a way, like there was just so many big plays in that game. He had two, um, did he? Yeah. He had two. <laughs> That's what he did. I mean, I'm not trying to get I'm not trying to get down a soapbox here about Joey, but like Joey came out the gates hot. Oh, that that Reds Live was so electric. I would have lost my job a thousand percent if I was doing that <laughs> post game. I would have been shirtless up there with Welsh. He would have been, you know, let's go. Ah, uh, that was that was crazy, man. That um, and, and not a lot of teams do that. Not I, I know the Dodgers hide hide their set. It's kind of you know 
Uh, Angels too hide their set. I've seen uh, Cubs do it in studio. Giants do it in studio. Like not many teams do the live post game shows like that. And um, it probably shouldn't because you, as a host, you can't hear anything. People are, you know, screaming, banging on that Coke rail that they thought was a smart idea to put there in front of a set. But it uh, makes for good TV. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. We need them to we need them to, to be the Dodgers and be super boring. So uh, take away the competition. Do you have one? Did you already say or what? Well, I wasn't going to say the uh, the the Braves one just because I, I legitimately think that might be a top five Reds game in my lifetime. I mean, I think I think when you look back, I think it's going to be up there. It was just an incredible game, and it was the twelfth win in a row. On top of that, it would would have been a great game, just uh, standalone. I tell you, those uh, those two games against the Cubs in September, like where the team just looked absolutely. Like, and I don't want to say lifeless because I know like they were all playing hard and all those kind of things. I think when people say that, I think it's it's so silly. But they, they it felt completely like there was no life, and then they just pulled these two wins in a row in the ninth inning, the the Martini game. Um, that was that was just a, that was a lot of fun. Um, those two, and then the the CES walk off against the Blue Jays. That was one of those kind of just wow moments. As planned, and you never know how plans go. Sometimes uh, you get laughed at because you made plans and they just don't come to fruition because life has other plans. This is the last show of 2023. So happy new year, but also a very Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, Enjoy the holidays. I know the holidays for some, it's a tough time of year to a certain extent. Uh, There's a lot of variables that go into the holidays that that I'm not naive about. Um, So for all the people that watch this, Try to keep your spirits high if that's the case for you. And and if you have loved ones that you get to enjoy holidays with and uh, Christmas with, cherish it, enjoy it as much as you possibly can. And as I've always said, and I've said it before, I'll say it again. If uh, things get heated, just go find a TV somewhere else because politics, religion, all those things can wait. Just go find a TV, watch you some NBA basketball, do something. Just just stay away from that. Try to enjoy yourself because Chatterbox won't be there to save you. We will not be on the air. So, but until next time, I'll say it once. I'll be talking about Stetson. That's right. Yeah, Chuck will be talking about Stetson. We'll forget about that. Chatterbox Bearcats right after the game, baby. Chuck and Houdini. Chuck's a superstar, man. He knows it. I know it. Chuck's a superstar. He just needs the Bearcats to win some basketball games. We'll find out if they can. We'll find out if they can. Save me. We need viewership, Wes. Come on. This this isn't just about the fan base. This is about the content creators, too. That's right. We need some W's. We need some W's. Go Reds, everyone. Nobody knows that more than me and Nick. Let me tell you. We were planning on doing 162 of them. And if they weren't going to go the Reds' way, it was going to be a long year. But by God, by the grace of God himself, thank you, Jesus, right before Christmas, he came down and he allowed the Cincinnati Reds to be decent at baseball. And that's how many of you know us. All right, everybody. This is me. This, that is that is Nick, and that is our good friend Chuck signing off one last time in our basements of all places. Oh, get the party poppers out. I don't have any. Happy New Year, everyone. Merry Christmas. Love you. Take care. Well, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Chatterbox Reds. We can't tell you enough how much we appreciate your support. If you had not yet subscribed to Chatterbox Reds on your favorite podcast platform, what are you waiting for? Do it right now. During spring training and the regular season, 
We are the only Reds podcast to have new episodes after every single game. And we will have plenty of offseason coverage between now and then, so be sure to stay tuned. Also, make sure that you subscribe to Chatterbox Sports on YouTube so that you can join us for live episodes of Chatterbox Reds. Hit the bell and turn on notifications so you can get alerts on your phone whenever we go live. Before I let you go, I want to tell you about all of the other great content at Chatterbox Sports. First off, there's our flagship show, Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman, from 10 a.m. to noon, Monday through Friday on YouTube, of course, on Chatterbox Sports. Off the Bench is also available everywhere you get podcasts. Great podcast listen uh, for your drive home, as it's usually posted uh, by 1 or 2 in the afternoon every day. Then there's Chatterbox Bengals. They go live after every single Bengals game, similar fashion to what we do at Chatterbox Reds. Those guys are doing a great job covering the Bengals this season. Speaking of the Bengals, there is Chatterbox Clicker with Coach Kyle Kasky, former Bengals coach. That is every Tuesday night. Coach Kasky breaks down film from the latest Bengals game in a very innovative show on Chatterbox Sports that you do not want to miss. And if that's not enough to fill your NFL fix, there's Mac and JT. That is Wednesday nights on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Uh, That is all things NFL. They go through each and every game. And then our newest show, Chatterbox Bearcats. That is with host Charlie Walter, formerly of Reds Live. Covers all things UC sports. They are going live on YouTube after every single UC basketball game. So that's, of course, on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Chatterbox Bearcats is also available everywhere you get podcasts. Links to all those shows are in the episode notes today, so be sure to check them out. Give those guys the support that they deserve. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. Hope that you have a fantastic day, and as always, go Reds.